The Israel Report with Rolene Marks. Now it's time to find out what is happening in the Holy Land right now. Joining us on the line from Israel, our correspondent Rolene Marks. Rolene, good afternoon. Always great to have you on board. Always great to be there. Well, indeed, let's start. Uh, there's quite a few things we need to unpack this afternoon. Let's start with uh, Abbas at the UN on Nakba Day and his insightful comments. Take us through what he was up to. Well, these comments are, are absolutely staggering. Yesterday, we spoke about the fact that it was Nakba Day, a day that the Palestinians call uh, the catastrophe, marking the establishment of the State of Israel. Uh, you guys know the history. You know that the area known as British Mandate Palestine was divided into two by the UN. Uh, one side accepted, one side didn't. And uh, there was war, and the rest is uh, pretty much history. But yesterday, the UN hosting Nakba Day uh, events, uh, thanks to our ambassador to the United Nations, Gilad Erdan, about uh, 40 countries uh, boycotted the Nakba Day um, commemorations, whatever you want to call them. And those that did attend, most of them put a pared down representation. But uh, Palestinian Authority President Mahmoud Abbas's uh, comments are really absolutely beyond the pale. And uh, I, I would wonder if any country, uh, the US, the United Kingdom, or even the United Nations themselves, who profess to be in the vanguard in the fight against anti-Semitism, no, I'm not making that up, mm-hmm. uh, if they'll come out to condemn the following comments. So basically, he demanded that Israel be suspended from the United Nations if the UN does not grant the Palestinians a state and a right of return uh, for what they call millions of refugees. He also denied any Jewish ties to the Temple Mount. Now, of course, that is the site of the two temples of Solomon, very, very holy to Jews, uh, the, the site of the, the holiest site in Judaism. Uh, he went on to uh, blame the uh, United States and, uh, and Britain for the establishment of the state of Israel, uh, saying that basically these two countries wanted to get rid of their Jews, and that's why they established a, a, a Jewish state. He said, Britain and the United States specifically bear political and ethical responsibility directly for the Nakba of the Palestinian people because they took part in rendering our people a victim when they decided to establish and plant another entity in our historic homeland for their own colonial goals. These countries wanted to get rid of their Jews and benefit from their presence in Palestine. He also uh, said that the claims of cultivating the land are the same as Nazi propaganda by Joseph Goebbels. He said, Israeli and Zionist claims continue by saying that Israel made the desert blue as if Palestine was a desert and they made the desert blue. These are lies. They continue to lie like Goebbels and they continue to lie until people believe their lies. I mean, this is just, it's straight out of 
a, a Nazi era playbook. It is straight out of the protocols of the elders of, of Zion. I mean, we can't forget that this is a man who, who really got into huge trouble, mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of months ago in Germany when he accused Israel of perpetrating 50 holocausts. And, you know, it's just absolutely beyond the pale, not to mention the fact that there is very little in terms of, of state building uh, with the uh, Palestinians. Uh, he said we will um, uh, uh, fight with all our might. I mean, it is just absolutely uh, beyond comprehension what Abbas said. And we can't forget that Mahmoud Abbas did his doctorate's dissertation in Holocaust denial, and he really, really gave a masterclass in, in just the most vile anti-Semitism and gross revision of history yesterday in the um, plenary of the United Nations. Well, it remains to be seen, uh, Rolene, as the saying goes, the truth will always come out, the truth will prevail, and I'm sure he will realize exactly what the truth will be at the end of the day. Time will tell. Let's see what story we're talking about tomorrow. Uh, Ro- Sandy Lynn, I just want to go back to that point, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to speak to that point. I don't think he will. I think mm-hmm. that this is yeah. a leader who's proven that he's no partner for peace, and this is routinely what Palestinian children are taught in schools, which is why we have this economy uh, of hate that exists, and this is why we are seeing countries starting to condition their aid on the um, hate education that exists in Palestinian schools. Well, as I say, Roline, let's see how that transpires. And, uh, yeah, let's just see when next time we chat what we will be talking about around that issue itself. So, Roline, let's just move on now. Uh, something that I brought up with you uh, earlier on, and I'm curious about it, relations between Sweden and Israel on the upswing. Why now? Well, this is very interesting. First of all, mm. I think because we have seen a change in administrations in Sweden. The previous administration, and especially their foreign minister, Margot Wallström, was decidedly anti-Israel. In mm-hmm. fact, bilateral ties were a little bit uh, cool during that administration. But uh, yesterday, our foreign minister, Eli Cohen, uh, was in Stockholm, the capital of Sweden. He met with the deputy prime minister. And uh, what's actually quite interesting is after she met with him, she tweeted out, Am Israel Chai, uh, which is, you know, the, the, the Jewish people, the Israeli people live. So uh, he said that yesterday was a new era in ties between Israel and Sweden. He says, and this is over 20 years since a visit uh, or a visit from a foreign minister of Israel uh, was in Sweden. And he went on to discuss economic and security cooperation. Uh, They also discussed the threat posed by a nuclear Iran. And a a subject close to our hearts, Michael, the prosperity of the Abraham Accords. Right, I can even just say that off the cuff. I mean, yeah, as you say, we feel very passionate about that arrangement. So, yeah, great news there indeed to see Israel cementing ties in Sweden. NATO, which is quite interesting because we know that Turkey doesn't want Sweden mm-hmm. uh, and Hungary doesn't want Sweden joining NATO, but they discussed that as well. And also uh, a project called Kibbutz Tech that could bring hundreds of Swedish students to Israel 
to uh, work as interns in Israeli startup companies. So this is real cooperation. This is real um, bilateral ties building. And this is why perhaps we can talk about greening the desert. Indeed. <laughs> yes, you're going, you hit the nail on the head there, uh, Rolene. And uh, yeah, let's just hope that uh, cementing of ties for Israel will continue in such a way with other countries uh, we shall only see. But it looks really positive at this stage, given what we've been reporting as of late. So let's look at the March of Life to honor Israel for 70, for the 75th year of independence. Take us through that. Well, this is actually taking place as we speak. This is a march called the March of Nations mm -hmm. and is an event that is being hosted by March of Life. So why is this so hugely significant? March of Life is a German-based organization that was founded by Jupst Bittner from Tübingen in Germany. That is a hospital, a university hospital town where basically the uh, horrific practices of uh, eugenics against Jews during the Holocaust started and March of Life is made up of the descendants of Wehrmacht and, and Nazi officers and what they see as their tikkun, their mm -hmm. way to kind of make right or repair as much as they possibly can the, the crimes of their family members. They work okay. tirelessly against Holocaust distortion and denial. Um, they work to combat anti-Semitism and, of course, show their solidarity with Israel. So to celebrate Israel's 75 years of independence, they are hosting this tremendous march taking place now in Jerusalem. It was launched by... President Herzog earlier this year, who really paid tribute to their ability to understand the wrongs of history and, and, and to try and make it right. And they intend to hold um, other marches tomorrow across okay. Israel in, in places like Metulla in the, in the far north and Zichron Yaakov, Natalia, Ashkelon in the south, Beersheba in the Negev. So really across the country they will have Holocaust survivors there, they will have students there, they have um, incredible speakers like the uh, Jewish Agency President Doron Almog, Ahmed Al-Mansouri from the uh, United Arab Emirates, he is the founder of the very first Holocaust Museum in Dubai, so it, it really brings a cross-section of people together. Uh, countries, you know, uh, this is the time of the year where we see the March of Nations, uh, countries around the world, Jewish, um, Christian communities marching in solidarity with Israel. And it really is a, a, a beautiful thing to watch. Encouraging uh, note to end off on, Roli. No doubt you'll be giving us an update on the March of Life as it continues tomorrow, as you've just mentioned. Fortunately, Roli, we're going to have to leave it there. I was looking forward to finding out from you what the tempo is like on the ground at the moment regarding are there any more rocket attacks and what's happening about protest regarding the judicial uh, system. But we will chat. We will elaborate on that hopefully tomorrow. Roli, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Roli Marks, our correspondent from Israel.